Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. As always, I'm Brett Maddox, and I am joined by your very best friends, the best friends you will ever have in life that you Bert don't even know that are your Ernie. best friends. <laughs> what you say? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I thought you were talking uh, about Bert, you say and Bert and Ernie. <laughs> I thought we were going Sesame Street. All right. So that's Jim who just said that. And then Alan mm-hmm. is the silent one. So uh, how you guys doing? <laughs> wow, that, that uh, way to speedy. Was, I mean, that is engaging content right there. That's what I do, think uh, so. That's right. What's funny great, is those man. those listeners who have podcasts that uh, skip silences would never oh, have gotten yeah. the joke. Yeah. So anyway, that's right. That that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm doing oh, fine, okay. but I have a I have a really important uh, question that I need you guys to give me some input on. Yeah, sure, right. and sure. I'm going to give you, yeah, give you yeah. a little bit of backstory. Some, yeah. So we talked uh, in the last episode about how it's just a little hot up in here, up in here, right? Mm-hmm. And um, up, so in here. I, huh? up in here. And what I need to know up in, here. up in here is, so I wore shorts to the office yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that legal? You're at okay, a first so church. Can you do this? That's, they're, listen, that's listen. very legal. They're nice shorts. They're like, exactly. dre- have you seen dress shorts, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, these are dress shorts, navy blue. And and I, and two reasons. One, um, we don't need to get into this, but I can finally fit into them again. Okay. Um, praise praise Lord, God. Amy. And I was like, you ever, did that ever happen to you? You're like, I don't care what it is. I fit in it. I'm going to wear it. I'm, wearing, I'm okay. going yeah. to yeah. wear this. It might be a leisure suit from 1980, but you're like, I fit right. in it. I'm going to wear it. And so I did, and it was hot. I said, this is going to be perfect. Um, but I was so self-conscious the whole day long. I don't think I can wear shorts to the office anymore. No, you can. Do it. I can. Yes. Okay. If, so, if, if, if it says it's going to be 90-something, you can wear shorts. Alan Kaysen, okay. by the way, taught me this. Um, you set the tone. You're the senior pastor. You set the tone. <laughs> no, yeah. well, we're getting deep in here. Well, he did so, because I was I was fretting over wearing like polo shirts to the wait, traditional were you, service. Were you Breton or were you fretting? I was Breton, actually. You're right. I Listen, was here's my, yeah. here's, here's my, you know, what is the purpose of pants? Ultimately, the purpose the of pants purpose are of to pants. keep you warm. Yeah. <laughs> the purpose of shorts are to keep you uh, cool. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm, so I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Shorts, I see no issue with wearing them to the office. I'm now, tracking. I feel I'm like, tracking. So now that we've gotten this out of the way, I think we're ready to start yeah. the, the uh, episode. Uh, well, okay. we needed to talk about this. This was probably this was the important. most important so I felt thing. like I could tell this was weighing on you, so I'm glad to share it. Was it, way, it was weighing on me. It was weighing <laughs> on me. I just had to share it. It's so important. Yeah. I want to know of our podcast listeners if there's anyone who is at another first church who wears shorts to the office. That's what I need to know. First is just a name, bro. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's see. We are Podakesis. We're a Wesleyan catechist. The best, the absolute best uh, award-winning Wesleyan catechetical podcast in the entire Wesleyan South world, Georgia, Georgia world. He's making up words now, Brett. (laughs) He is. He's doing a a great (laughs) <laughs> he's doing a great job at it I mean I've never heard so many words he's got a I mean, thesaurus out and he's just throwing words together that's right. he's that's just right. got a thesaurus I the, going I thought the thesaurus was extinct though no that's a th- that's a, a megathorus okay I gotta go alright anyway wow we actually our do content have an episode. is strong guys 
Today we're talking now about that, the most serious now matters. That nobody's listening. Nobody's listening, nobody's listening anymore. Nobody's listening. Somebody said to me, "There's like we skip through the first ten minutes usually. Just get to the meat of it." I was like, "That that sounds about right." <laughs> we we do too. We do too. <laughs> All right. We're continuing the Faith Once Delivered document, John Wesley Institute, nextmethodism.org. Check it out. Free download. That's what we've been going through for the last, I don't know, four or five years together. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking about scripture, the Bible, the script. Yeah. So it's going to be good. So uh, let's let's just dive in. You guys want you ready? Let's just dive in. Bible. Good. Bible. Let's go. Bible. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Alan, what you got? All right. Um, uh, paragraph 93 is as the incarnate <laughs> incarnate word of God. I think that came out right. Yeah, that sounded uh, good Jesus to me. Jesus reveals in a definite and authoritative manner the glory, nature, and purposes of God. The scripture uses the same term logos to describe both the second person of the Trinity and the written record of God's self-revelation. The scripture mirrors the same dual nature as the incarnate word. It was written by humans in the languages of the time, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, with all the attributes, expressions, and cultural understandings of the ancient period. This is why the Bible in places depicts unfaithful human realities, such as slavery, patriarchy, and violence, which do not reflect God's good purposes for his creation. Jim, you're muted or something. So uh, we've lost Jim. We've lost Jim. Is your mic muted? Okay. So uh, now we're back. Uh, We found Jim. He was lost. I don't know what happened. Uh, He just disappeared. Actually, Alan and I were a little bit scared. I was wandering the desert in a pair of shorts for 40 years. (laughs) We wondered if there was an audio rapture that took place or took place. (laughs) We weren't sure what was happening. (laughs) But we've lost Jim. (laughs) Is wandering in shorts <laughs> in the desert in the desert for forty years. All right, so uh, scripture we've re- yeah. So where were we before you went on your journey? <laughs> Wasting our listeners' time. I think that's the location we were at. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, so you've got um, uh, you got the word right. The the um, uh, sits in Laban. That's it. Right. Situation in life. The situation in life. Such an important piece to this. When the scriptures were written, God uh, revealing Himself, God, uh, uh, you know, empowering, speaking to, um, using the different situations in life of each of the authors of Scripture to um, to to bring forth uh, His His revelation to us through Scripture, and so that's why things like cultural context is so important when we're reading Scripture. Not just what the words on the page say, but also learning, you know, who the audience was, what was going on. What was it like in you know two thousand years ago in the Mediterranean world where this was working? I mean that that's why these things are important. Yes. So, all right. Uh, continuing. Yeah, there's all something right. here. There's oh, okay, something okay. here to cool. to touch base on. I'm back from the desert now. Uh, first, apologies to all our listeners. Here's the deal. It says the the last sentence in this uh, segment says this is why the Bible depicts. Uh, in places depicts unfaithful human realities such as slavery, patriarchy, and violence, which do not reflect God's purposes for creation. So a couple of things we want to talk about here. Um, People will dismiss the Bible because we have talked about the Bible in such a way that we've made people not understand what it means that something is in the Bible. Mm. Okay. Um, That the, you know, and forgive me for anybody who loves this saying, there was a, a, 
contemporary Christian song in the nineties, which makes it an oldie and but goodie is like B I B L E basic instructions before leaving earth. That's right. Um, it's just, the just, yeah, it's just really not that way. And so when you open it up and you see the conquests of in, in Joshua, or you yeah. see, um, you know, some of the issues with patriarchy and, and violence and slavery. And, and then you could, you could say that's in the Bible and then take that concept in Maine that the, that the Lord blesses those things. And that's not the case as the, the fact that those are parts of the scripture are the way that God is speaking through the story. Those are parts of the life that was being lived and are still parts of life that are being lived. And the fact that God speaks into those and they're not shied away from in Holy Scripture is just to highlight how deep of a sin, deep sin humanity is in, and that God will even enter in and work through those situations. Right. So just because something is, quote, in the Bible doesn't mean that it is affirmed by the Bible, but that does not mean um, that we can pull out our three buckets of Scripture and say that this section of scripture does not reflect God's timeless will for us. What it means is we have to ask, what is the Bible telling us as we are reading this particular thing? That's right. And what you will find is that not everything in the Bible does the Bible affirm right. naturally. Right. All right. Next paragraph. Next paragraph. Uh, 94. At the same time, the Bible is inspired literally God breathed Mm -hmm. though the precise manner of inspiration is a mystery. The affirmation that all scripture is inspired means that God stands as the ultimate author. Consequently, scripture contains all things necessary to salvation is sufficient to guide us in all matters of faith and practice and continues to speak authoritatively in our time. The scripture is a trustworthy revelation of the will and mind of God. Mm -hmm. I think um, we mentioned this in the last episode, but Firebrand uh, Magazine, uh, there's been two recent articles. Um, this is by recent, I mean, probably a month ago by the time this this airs mm-hmm. um, on the subject of scripture as a revelation and inspired and how we as Wesleyans view that. And there seem, there is a range of thought uh, of that. And, and right. these articles address that. But um, if you want some really some more in-depth, David Watson wrote one of those. Um, invite and you Tom to McCall check that out. Wrote, yeah. yeah, Tom and, McCall. That's yeah. right. So. Um, and there's some good books too. Um, Watson's book on um, scripture and the Bible and, uh, and, and God. Scripture um, and the life of God. Yeah. And yes, the scripture and the life of God um, is a, is really quite good. Um, and um, Brian Bird's book called seven things I wish Christians uh, understood about the Bible is um, or knew about the Bible is really good. Kind of an entry level about scripture and what the Bible is and is not. So, um, and we'll post those in our show notes um, and the links to those firebrand articles oh, as well. Yes. So, I love that line, by the way. It, it's a line that um, lots of, um, I, I know specifically like uh, traditionalist, uh, traditional uh, Wesleyans, Orthodox Wesleyans kind of hold on to. Um, I'm not saying they're the only ones, but I, just this line um, scripture contains all things necessary for salvation 
and is sufficient to guide us in all matters of faith, practice, and continue to speak authoritatively, even in our time. So, uh, mm-hmm. But it contains all things necessary for salvation. I think that is um, a really great uh, summary of the uh, how scripture itself becomes authoritative or why it's authoritative is because of what because well, i think there's some well i think i agree i absolutely agree because i think there's some loaded terms yes. that are thrown around uh, when we talk about scripture yeah, yeah. Um, inerrancy infallibility all the, yeah. these these words that can mean a few different things depending <laughs> on who's saying it but yeah, when right you, when you get down to the the nitty-gritty the fact that scriptures contain everything for salvation and are sufficient for Right, all matters of faith um, and practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, there it is, right? I mean, that's, that's right. Um, and and, yeah, and the way you even said that uh, about you know, um, you know, when someone talks about like words like inerrancy or infallibility, it's always important to ask the question: What do you mean by that? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definitions that have gone along, but um, almost all of those those two. I, I'm trying to remember the timing of the origins of each of them, um, but there's almost like ideology behind them in a way. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. And, and when somebody says, is the Bible inerrant? Uh, I, I mean, that's such a loaded question. You almost have to like put on your uh, riot gear or your bomb suit before you try to answer that. Cause you don't mm-hmm. know quite what you're going to get. Um, but the question is, what do you mean by inerrant? And mm-hmm. such that is, is there any, are you saying that, um, the way that Jesus talks about the mustard seed means that there's nothing smaller than a mustard seed because if right. it, if there is, then the Bible has errors in it and is no longer defensible. Right. Um, I don't know that that's the kind of thing that we need to be talking about. Right. Um, yeah. No, that's right. And um, the, the word, uh, I remember Dr. Sandra Richter, when I was in the Old Testament intro class in seminary, she talked about people asking her if she read the Bible literally, like if she took the Bible literally. And um, and she said, oh, of course, literally for how it was written. So, you know, certain parts of the Bible are narrative, certain parts of the Bible are poetic, certain parts of the Bible are historical in nature, certain parts of the Bible are prophetic. I mean, there's all these different types of genres. It's one of the beauties of Scripture. It's not monolithic. It's it's mm-hmm. it's so much to it written by different voices and hands and 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 people and from different situations and all that kind of stuff god inspired these folks and so um there there's some great beautiful poetry so much of the old testament is poetic um and uh, beautiful just beautiful poetry so um yeah take it for how it was written this is how it was written. it was written as poetry or it was written as narrative and that's where being a good student of scripture is so important right um all right, all things necessary. All right, 95, what you got? 95, because of its dual nature, the Bible is unlike any other book. It records God's mighty acts and words over time. The testimonies of God speaking the ways God has again and again revealed himself to redeem his creation. Those who experienced and received his acts of revelation uh, preserved it in writing. Having seen and even touched the revelation of God, they were chosen to proclaim and preserve that revelation so -hmm. that those who came after them might recognize God when he is speaking. Mm. I like that line. You know, these were recorded not just as historical moments, Mm -hmm. um, recorded as revelations of God so that those of us today and in the future 
pass them on. Would then know how to hear God speak. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. recognize when He's speaking. Yes. And so, I mean, you know, I, one of my kicks here is helping the church understand that God wants to speak to us. That does, you know, that um, that we were made in the image of God, and so we were made to hear from God. Um, and and so I like the way that you know. I like the way that the phrasing that we can recognize God when he's speaking to us. Yes. Yeah. The, um, what, what is it Paul says? I think it's in Corinthians uh, where he says, what I have received, I now pass on to you. I, 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 it, uh, that of most uh, first importance that I love that. The, it's kind of the duty of, okay, I've received this. Now, now it's my job to also pass this on to you, which by the way, is a very, Hebrew thing, right? That's a very Old Testament thing. Deuteronomy 6 talks about, uh, um, you know, the um, teach these to your children, bind mm. them on your hearts and on your head and in your mind. All of this, just pass them along from generation to generation to generation yes. to generation. That's the job uh, of this. And we have this this tool, if you want to call it that, uh, this, this the written scriptures themselves to be able to pass this, the faith once delivered on, to future generations. Yes. All right, 96. All right. The interpretation of Scripture calls for the careful use of appropriate tools developed to understand its historical and cultural context and meaning. However, faithful interpretation also requires the leading of the Spirit to uncover the deeper truths of its message. The same spirit that inspired the original human writers continues to work in human readers to understand his message in all times. This is known as double inspiration. Charles Wesley wrote in 1783, If God enlightened through his word, I shall my kind enlightener bless. But void and naked of my Lord, what are all verbal promises? Nothing to me till faith divine inspire and speak and make them mine. Jesus, the appropriating grace, tis thine on sinners to bestow. Open my eyes to see thy face, open my heart thyself to know, and then I through thy word obtain sure present and eternal gain. I Has love listening been... to Alan recite poetry. Poetry, I know. Right? It's I mean, just like it comes alive. It's a little it fire comes, and see what happens. It comes alive, yeah. Comes alive. Has there uh, ever been a, a scripture or, or a passage of scripture where that uh, maybe you read it once in your life, maybe even preached on it, but then you went back and at, did some deeper study on it, prayer through it, um, and in that study or prayer, you found, I won't say a different meaning because the first meaning was correct, but you found a deeper meaning or another layer of meaning in that scripture that was just kind of opened your eyes to then that just really opened your eyes to how how big this revelation of God is. No, um, <laughs> no, no, I understand I get all it of right. its meanings. The first I get time it I right the first it. time. Oh, wow. That's why everybody should come to my <laughs> church. Well, I, I'll give you an example <laughs> no, of what course. I'm trying to. The question yes. I'm at is like, uh, what Jesus did you expect turns, us to say? No. Well, I don't know. I was uh, to share <laughs> your experience. Kidding, to share your experience, <laughs> you know, to open kidding, up in front of our. <laughs> Tell us about Jesus turning stuff into stuff. Yeah, so uh, Jesus turning water to wine, right? In John yeah. chapter John chapter two. So on the on the surface level of that miracle um, is what hospitality stuff, um, 
There's um, transformational stuff, Jesus turning one thing to another thing. Um, there's um, Jesus, there's the relationship between Mary and Jesus in that in that story, and even the relationship between the disciples and Jesus. And so that's all kind of uh, 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 surface level, maybe even some legal things in there. I, I read somewhere once that um, to, to, um, uh, to dishonor your guests by running out of food or wine could be you could be brought up on charges of some of some sort or or another. So I well, mean, by the way, that's that's why nobody should ever come to my house. That's why <laughs> that's my excuse for being a hermit introvert. Uh, I'm worried about running out of food, so you can't come. So you can't come. That's, that's why we always have way too much food at Cover Dish. That's Everybody's right. Afraid yes. they're gonna get locked up. They're gonna get locked yeah, up. Get locked up. Lock but, them up. But I always had the question. I always felt like some of those explanations were la- not lacking, but there was more to it. For example, they, they, those things, uh, points, they don't actually answer the question of why is this the first miracle in Gospel of John? Um, like, what is the, why not, why isn't raising a Lazarus the first? I mean, I mean, it's the big, big one. Or why isn't Jesus walking on it's water? The like, big dog. Yeah. What, what is it about this one that mm-hmm. makes it the first miracle? Well, um, if you do that deeper reading, right, that deeper study, that prayer, that 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 going, that pulling back the layers and seeing how scripture interprets scripture, interprets scripture, interprets scripture, you start seeing like some Old Testament prophecies out of this. Uh, the day of the Lord, on the day of the Lord, the um, the rivers will run, uh, the wine will flow from the mountains. Like Isaiah twenty five, um, there are uh, passages in Isaiah and Ezekiel and other places that talk about the mountain of the Lord. On the day of the Lord, you'll have wine flowing down, and and it's really this imagery of when God's kingdom comes on earth. And here you've got Jesus turning water to wine, and there is this key line in John chapter two. I think it's verse 11, the last verse of that passage, where it says, um, talks about the disciples and it says, they worshiped him. And that's very odd. Like that, that mm. they, it's not like they, they were like, they didn't applaud him. They didn't say, you know, tap, you know, go smack him on the shoulder and say, hey, that was awesome or cool trick or, or whatever. Here from the very outset of John's gospel is a, a, an image of worship. They worshiped. Why are they worshiping Jesus at this moment? And it seems like when that you go into that deeper level, that deeper layered reading of Scripture, you start seeing these connections to Old Testament prophecies that Jesus is saying, "The day of the Lord is here. It is here, and I'm bring, I'm inaugurating it. I'm 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 starting this right now." Um, and so the only response that the disciples could have to that. Is and an understanding of that is worship. The Messiah has come. So um, that that to me, I, ever since I've, uh, I locked into that deeper layered reading, the the peripheral stuff still important, and it's still the meaning is still true. It's just that there is more, there's deeper meanings to the text um, as well. So that's what I was getting at with the question: Is have you ever? It's like a parfait. Yes. There's layers. Yeah, parfaits are delicious. <laughs> I'd like a parfait right now. I would too, actually. No, no doubt. Or or a nice trifle, like a chocolate trifle. That would be good. Yeah. And it's great. It's great too when you're thinking about it because you know, I, I I don't know if how long it's been since I've heard the term double inspiration like we have here. But but that's always been kind of my mode. Like the scriptures 
on their own are inspired and alive and powerful, but I always trust and believe that the Holy Spirit, as we read scripture, especially in community, but individually, the Spirit is alive, giving us a word for our life vitality and life with God. Yeah. In fact, I make that my prayer uh, all the time, reading scripture, especially uh, with other people. Um, and that you have all these layers of meaning and there might be a day where just the the metaphor of a thing or the image of a thing or the striking of a word that the spirit will use you, that it might not even be like the deepest meaning, but it is that it is what the spirit is going to speak to you at this moment, or it's going to be the hook that mm-hmm. catches the fish of your attention to draw you in uh, into to wade deeper into the pool of a particular passage. Um, and, and it's fascinating um, that the spirit of God enlivens your intellect to read and to study and to go deep and to, uh, to do those. And then the spirit inspires um, your heart to draw your heart in to things that and just in different ways it's that mode between scriptural study reading scripture for study and reading scripture for prayer mm-hmm. um and devotion they're not divorced from one another uh, but the spirit uses both of those things in profound ways in fact the more you do one the better you are at the other and the better you are at the other the better you are at the first right. one right so the more yeah. you study the more you can pray and devote your heart to scripture and the more you pray scripture and devote your heart to scripture the better you can study right and right. so what you create over to what God creates in you essentially over time is just a really deep richness uh, in the spirit, which is what we hope to cultivate. That's why no matter what, we should put our eyes on our page and our heart on the page as often as possible. Yeah. That is that's such a great line that I would never have the creativity to come up with. Put your eyes and your heart on the page as much as Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a beautiful way of putting that. Well, you know, people ask me all the time, like, well, I don't get it. Or I read it and it didn't do anything for me because we've, like I said earlier, we make these weird promises about what will happen when you read the Bible as if, you know, all you've been missing is uh, the Gideon's Bible and the hotel nightstand. All you got to do is randomly open it. And your life will be changed. Praise God that happens. Yeah. Um. But when you are in need and you're a Christian and we have promised people that praying and scripture will help you, but never taught them how they will help them or how to help them help them, then they open those things up. And what we've done is we've broken trust and broken promises. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to tell people is you might not have understood it today, but I promise you the spirit did something or will do something. And when you put your eyes on it again tomorrow and put your eyes on it again, your heart on it again tomorrow, Mm -hmm. the spirit will do something. Yeah. We've also, and we've also, um, put too much faith into our feelings. Yeah. Um, and I just had this conversation the other day with somebody. You know, it's like we've been re- reading through the Bible, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm caught up, or I'm, you know, I'm on the same day." But you know, there were definitely some days where I just wasn't feeling it. I'm like, "Well, that's okay. That's fine." Mm-hmm. Like, right. um. We, you, it's not about eat, how you feel. You eat it's dinner about, sometimes and you don't feel it. Yeah, right. Uh, but you, you got to eat. You didn't feel like it, but um, um, it still um, nourished you, right? And you just yeah, it's that cumulative effect as well um, of what the and and the and the almost imperceptible nature of what the spirit is doing in you mm-hmm. over time, and ultimately, kind of forming your mind in this in this language. 
Um, there are so many messages and languages and uh, you know signs and such that are going on all around us all the time that, as David Watson puts, to think Christianly, uh, to think biblically, is not just to think about the morals of the Bible, but like Wesley himself, who, if you read his journals, they're just uh, drenched in scriptural allusion. I mean, when you think of a thing, do you think of a corresponding metaphor, story, or word from scripture or from Instagram? Nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that, but you have to ask yourself, what might be more valuable to me? Right. That's right. I always hate like dogging on things like Instagram because then I feel like the old guy out of touch. Maybe I should just start saying slay all the time. But you, yes. I think y'all get my point. Like you yeah. can scroll through these little reels for hours and hours and hours. It's forming your mind. And right. you're going to be talking in terms of the recipe fail or the the viral hack instead of, um, you know, the glory of God and the feeding mm-hmm. of the 5,000 and the, all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to, you right. want yeah, me to yeah, talk yeah, some yeah. more? Do you want to finish? Read? No, 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 finish it out. Finish it out. Paragraph 97. As the Spirit worked in Jesus' ministry to point people to Him, so the Spirit works to point readers to Jesus in Scripture. The writers of the Old Testament in God's covenant with Israel look forward to the full revelation of God coming in Jesus Christ. The writers of the New Testament point back to and amplify the person and work of God in Jesus Christ. All interpretation, therefore, must conform to the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. For this reason, Wesley taught that the first tool in the interpretation of Scripture is Scripture itself, comparing passages across books from both Testaments to see the overarching work of God. The work of interpretation is never complete. Amen on that last sentence. Amen on that last sentence. Um, And also... But does that um, mean I can interpret however I want? Because if the church for 2,000 years, you know, if it's not complete, maybe I finally got it right and they've had it wrong. No, because that middle sentence, all interpretation needs to conform to the life of Jesus Christ, the life and ministry and teachings of Jesus Christ. Like Jesus becomes the standard, right? So the church's interpretation, traditional, like the church's historical tradition, uh, interpretations of scripture also have to because we're the bride of christ right so we're we're conformed into the likeness of christ we're 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 co-heirs in god's kingdom with christ christ becomes our standard bearer he becomes our he becomes the thing by which the person by which we're judged and 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 we're, we're we're put up against we are his bride and so as the church our interpretation and the historical interpretation of scripture is also based upon the life and teaching of Jesus as well. So Jesus becomes that 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 plumb line, that standard bearer, that 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 thing in which it all is all judged to, or which is all compared to. Um, and so, yes, uh, I think that, and yeah, um, I think I hope that makes sense. What I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus becomes the the lens by which we read scripture. He becomes the standard by which we interpret scripture. Um, which is why it is important for us to 
know, I think, how the historic church has interpreted and, and, and dealt with these issues and understand that the historic church hasn't always had the same. You know, in the church fathers, there was a group, there was a school of interpretation called allegory, like looking at mm-hmm. scripture through allegorical lenses. There's been schools of scripture looking at things through more um, uh, non-allegorical. What's my, I can't think yeah, of the word. Yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah. More thesorical. Uh, <laughs> I need words. Anyway, yeah. so, but there's been different school, but it all, no matter what school of thought you've come to, the big question to ask is how does this line up to the life and teachings of Jesus? The school I come from is Hogwarts. How does that line up to the life <laughs> and <teachings of> Jesus? <laughs> fair. fair. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jesus becomes that standard for, for, for interpretation and understanding that all scripture or scripture interprets scripture, right? That is, um, you know, and, and that's what I say, you know, when people come in, how do I, how do I know, for example, y'all have heard this. Um, how do I know, uh, if what I feel like God is saying to me is really from him and not from, you know, Satan or something else, some other thing in me. Di- digestive issues digestive issues, whatever. Um, and my first go-to is always to say, how does what you feel God is saying to you compare to what Scripture says? Particularly, look at the life and ministry of Jesus. Look at the, the, the teachings of Scripture. How is what's being told to you line up with how God is being revealed in Scripture? And let's least test it that way. That's a good starting point. What does scripture say about this? And then move from there. Go to the, you know. And so I think that's always a, a, at least a first, first thing that needs to happen is what is scripture saying? Yeah. And and speaking of discernment, you're also, uh, another step, of course, would be, this would be a great time to have your, your uh, band, not your rock band, but your, your very close. uh, Let's see what Van Halen says about this. Christians connections. um, Yes, that's right. To, to speak alongside with you. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. God's not going to contradict what God's already said. Right. Right. So, um, there's that. Um, and then and the see, timeliness today, of it, you know, God, God often will confirm, God will speak and confirm. And uh, so like I would bring things to you, to the two of you, um, and you might say, Jim, you're just being, we know where this is coming from. This isn't coming from God. This is coming from, you know, whatever mm-hmm. else is going on in your life. We need to sit on this for a little bit mm-hmm. or, or be able to say, wow, that really excites something in me too. It seems like God's speaking there. Mm-hmm. It's something that often happens when you build close Christian relationships, which is one of the deep values of sharing faith with people, living faith with people, um, is you kind of build this kind of resonance of, of how you can help one another hear and live what God is speaking. Yeah. It's one of the beauties of scripture to me is that it, it's not, it's not, again, not monolithic. There is also the tradition of the church, the community of faith, that this is some, this is one of the, Hey, let me just say it this way. This is one of the reasons why church is so important. Finding a good church, a strong church um, that uh, appreciates the that 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 loves Scripture, that appreciates the tradition of the Christian faith, and understands the tradition of the Christian faith. This is why that community of faith is so important. Why we can't do faith alone. We need 
each other because for this this very reason this is how god speaks to us and talks to us and 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 reveals himself to us um and we can um we can lean on each other to make sure that we're listening correctly and and and, and you know putting all these things to action in our lives all right so scripture's good yeah, I think we've yeah, uh, yeah, I think yeah. we've decided that um yeah I, I I might I might be for it. I mean I it, think was, so. it was a kind of a f- coin toss, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um that's good. Um yeah. so we 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 recommend people reading it. Um if you had, maybe y'all would be think different. Um if you had a starting place, let's say you're new to scripture, you've never read the Bible. Yeah, never read question. even like a, yeah. a whole book or or whatever. Where would you start? Where 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 would y'all suggest someone to start? Very good question. Um, I like to start in two places for new folk. Uh, three places. It depends. It's usually going to be with a gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's something to be said about the gospel of Mark because it's brief. Yeah. Brief. Yeah. It's really um, qu- and it's quick. He f- it's, um, it's fast. But part part of what if, if I wanted you to have a first time experience, I'd want you to have maybe a little more uh, resurrection experience and not have to worry about, hey, why is the last part of my gospel of Mark in my Bible say it might not be part of the Bible? Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe I don't want to open those questions right away. I might turn then to the gospel of Luke for somebody mm-hmm. who's, who really needs the story. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who I think might be captivated by like the beauty of of language as well, I might point them straight to the Gospel of John. Those are the places I would start. Now, I know some people say start with Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, that might typically be, I think I'm hearing that more out of my Reformed friends than anything else uh, because they want to form you ethically and such. Um, my thought is I want to introduce you to Jesus and then to his community. Mm-hmm. So those are my my go-to kind of answers. Yeah. What do you got, Alan? Um, I was going to say Song of Songs, uh, Song of Solomon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's nothing like talking yeah, about breasts like mountains and th- yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, strong. Yeah, no, those are all those are. <laughs> dude, don't start there. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, mean, look, some of the earliest Christian writings uh, in the allegorical school, like way back, is like interpreting Song of Songs through Christ. Yeah. And there are more writings than I could have ever imagined on the Song of Songs. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't I hear like, didn't, 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 is my understanding like Jewish boys weren't allowed to read that early on? And anyways, it was, I don't know. I don't know enough Jewish boys to know that. Anyways, it's something I read somewhere. So, um, what would you uh, say? No, those were good. I think, um, you could do the Luke Acts. You could get the whole yeah. f- sort of story of that's pretty of good. Jesus and the early church. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, no, I think those others were, you know, um, John. I've always told John, um, but it can be a little. Um, John is not one of the synoptic gospels for those of you who um, may be new, right. but um, so it's, it tells the story of Jesus in a little different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, those are good. Those are all good. Jim. Yeah. I, I think, um, my, my, uh, I love the Luke X thing. Um, I think it, I think the way, you know, Jim, you kind of framed it was according to who you're talking to. Yeah. You know, well, that's the yeah, pastoral sense of me that, but the, but you know, the, I've always, I love John is my favorite gospel. And so, you know, I've been biased to it. 
Um, but I love the the John First John connection. Like do John and then read First John because then you kind of see, you know, here's Jesus and here's why Jesus matters in the community. Why here's why Jesus matters to you. Um, I would say um, I would say don't start in at the beginning. Like don't start at Genesis. Yeah. Um, as an introduction as, to the Bible, sure. Right, as an yeah. introduction. Um, you're going to eventually need back. to get around to it. You're going to yeah. get there. You're going to get there. I just, uh, if you're starting out, start no, in the Gospels and then then work back. That's absolutely, back. listen, uh, Brian Russell, if I, I um, just, uh, he's got that study called Invitation mm-hmm. about Scripture. He starts with he, Jesus. Mark chapter, Mark, Mark chapter four. Yeah. Yeah, repent and believe, or repent the yeah, kingdom of the God. Kingdom of God, God like that. Yeah. You yeah. need to understand. Well, I mean, what's what are the last paragraph is that um, it points the readers to Jesus, and so right. read the Gospels, understand who Jesus was, and then then you can go back and mm-hmm. you'll understand it even more. Especially like you know, especially stuff like Romans and others, where um, it's drawing on like Hebrews is drawing on Old Testament understanding. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, absolutely. Right. So that, that that's I think those are great. And um, I you think know, let str- me tell you what else. Well, one other thing I would recommend, um, if you're new to the Bible, um, pick up one of those Psalms in 30 days plans or Psalms in 60 days, and just read a Psalm or two a day. Yeah. Because um, the Psalms really kind of take it from take it into that like prayerful language. Yeah. That touches on a lot of human experiences too. Um, I wouldn't say sit down and read Psalms one through 150 like you're reading a novel because that's not necessarily how they're intended. Right. Um, but I would I would suggest that to somebody getting relatively new to the Bible as well. Yeah, and they're, they're um, I've heard it said that um, the Psalms are in the heart of the Bible because they're really the heart of God and. The, the the sense the, there's a sense that you can um they're, they're probably the most uh viscerally uh, connected pieces of scripture to us because yeah. you can see so much of our own experiences within like how we feel it's the most feelings based yeah. part i think it's a feeling space yeah, yeah so um i think that's great i think that's great so here's it bible's important read it learn it study it with the advent of internet and stuff like blue letter bible and all of that kind of stuff that's out there there's really no excuse for not getting you know pretty deep into scriptural study um i would just caution you as you do deep study of scripture be sure that you're staying within context contextual understandings of scripture don't just get mm-hmm. so locked in on one phrase or one word or one script uh, verse that you lose the the meaning of what's going on there. Um, and um, um, yeah, just just go after it, man. Uh, read scripture, fall in love with scripture because this is this is God specific, very specialized uh, revelation um, to 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 us. And uh, and it's the church's job, the bride of Christ's job, to pass it on. So. All right. Podicumans, next time we're going to talk about scriptural authority. That's right. <laughs> and Alan will dress up like Cartman, and uh, we shall have some fun with that. So until then, we hope that y'all have a great rest of your day, that you will find great joy in reading scripture, and we will talk to y'all later. Later.